do I come from? Where 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 do I come from? Where? Where do I come from? I'm Eamon. I'm Kyle. And this is Keith, and welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where we watch the entirety of the Highlander television series. And yeah, everyone around this table has grown up loving Highlander, so we're all huge fans of it, uh, but we all realize, I guess, that this first season is, I don't know, it can be a little wonky at times, so uh, we're going to be critical of Highlander as much as we love it as well. Uh, This episode is entitled Family Tree and was originally aired Saturday, October 10th. 1992 was directed by Jorge uh, Montesi. Um, He directed a couple episodes of Highlander, plus a ton of other TV stuff. Um, And more interestingly, it was written by Kevin Droney. He's written a couple Highlander episodes too. Um, But things that he's, other things he's written, he wrote Mortal Kombat. The movie? (laughs) The movie. With Christopher Lambert. With Christopher Lambert. So I guess there's worlds collide as Raiden. Um, Which I think may have been the tagline for Mortal Kombat 2, but... Worlds Collide? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe for Annihilation, but... Um, and then guest stars yeah. in this episode are J.E. Freeman as Joe uh, Scanlon. Um, he was in David Lynch's Wild at Heart and Miller's Crossing. Yeah, Miller's Crossing. He's like, Eddie Dane. He's amazing in Miller's Crossing. Phenomenal. Awesome. Like, is, um, is he equally good in this episode, in your opinion? No. <laughs> I think he is operating at a high level in this episode. Yeah. I, th- I think he does um, a good job. And then Peter DeLuise is also in this episode. And if you're a sci-fi or fantasy fan or comedy fan, you, you would know him because he's Dom DeLuise's kid. Whoa. Um, but he came into his own. He uh, was one of the uh, producers and writers and even uh, acted on a lot of Stargate SG-1, um, Stargate Atlantis, all that sort of stuff. Who does he play? Uh, he is, he plays a couple different parts. I think he's kind of one of those background characters, but I think the biggest one he plays was the, the star of the like spinoff TV show, Wormhole Extreme. Wow. I think is Peter Deloise. Or is that his, or is there another brother? I don't know. I don't remember Hmm. off the top of my head, but he's really funny. Um, and he's one of the guest stars in this. So according to the IMDB episode description of this, uh, episode, Duncan bails Richie out of jail after he was caught stealing files from an adoption agency in an effort to find out who his parents are. From what Richie read in the files before he was caught, he and Duncan are able to find a man who claims to be his father. Duncan senses that something isn't right, so he hits the street to find out who this man really is. So, yeah, Kyle, do you want to start us off with uh, how this episode kind of opens? Right, so Richie is at, I guess it's an adoption agency, which is not clear at first. Like, I thought nope. it was a doctor's office. It looked, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's pretre- pretending to be some kind of courier right? so he can get his hands on his own adoption file, I guess, so he can figure out where does he come from. And he, of course, gets caught and runs away with the file. Mm-hmm. He gets caught by this security guard, which yep. first, 
this adoption agency has a security guard. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if this comes up often, but the security guard, when he catches him, calls him lightning lips. Uh, <laughs> like, like, it's a totally normal thing yeah. to say. The other thing about the security guard altercation is, like, Richie's running down the steps. The security guard gets him. He slams Richie against the wall with such force that there are two dents in the wall. Like, yeah. he slams him against the wall. It's <laughs> like, like I, it wasn't a stunt. I'm like, they're just, just two huge, like, breaks in the wall. Yeah, it's amazing. Which, again... This grown-ass man does this to a guy who we're supposed to believe is 17. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, this, this, is, this, child. Is, this is brutality. <laughs> this is a minor who's getting slammed up against the wall for stealing a file. <laughs> and the security guard also knows exactly what he stole. Like, he's, like, up to date. Oh, you got that file or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> so... Uh, we also find out at this point, we cut to like the interior of like a, it's a jazz club slash like underground casino. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, that's where we meet our, our guest star for the episode, Joe, uh, who's like a car dealer. And we find out that it turns out he's kind of scammed the casino. Like he helped right. somebody steal some money uh, by like playing the, the card in their, the deck in their favor. Um, so he owes this casino $50,000. And they give him an ultimatum of five days to get it back. Right. And they break one of his fingers. I guess the implication is they're going to break one of his fingers every day. Yeah. Until he pays them back. This clinch guy breaks one of his fingers. <laughs> this this guy. Is is clinch the Deloise? Yeah, clinch is... This guy. I, I don't know where to start <laughs> with this guy. So he's like... He's, he's dressed like business casual. He's dressed like in a white t-shirt with khakis. I have written down that he kind of looks like like a criminal if he was like part of the rich kid frat. Yeah. Like a college. Yeah. Like, yeah, like he's like the, the guy in the frat who like knows how to score you coke or something like yeah. that. Like yeah. He's got like a sh some shady ties but looks very non-threatening. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the least threatening man that has ever lived <laughs> and then, it's like but then he starts like breaking fingers and yeah. he knows karate yeah because yep. why not yep so duncan ends up bailing richie out of jail um because as usual duncan has to to help richie um and richie kind of relates his experiences in the orphanages uh and it's a, an amazing exchange with duncan i think and it's so 90s why the orphanage that was a question right Right. Eh, you know, uh, return to the old stomping ground. I spent a year or so there when I was like five. Then I did this whole foster home drill. Hi, kids. This is your new foster brother, Richie. Treat him just like one of the family. Not. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's, that's spectacular. Yeah, so Richie is trying to find out some clues about his past. Um, and then we end up having a flashback. Well, we find out that Richie catches a glimpse in this file mm -hmm. that he sees that before his he knows his mother has died but he sees that his father but he's not sure it's even his mother like yeah really? it's he's Why not he really sure of all the he facts sees the name emily ryan okay so he sees the last name because he's richie ryan right so right. is able to go from there which just to pause before we move too far on from this this is episode number two correct and i I don't know what happens off camera, but I guess we're supposed to believe that, like, Duncan adopted Richie or something? Yeah. Like, he, like, but takes him in, like, as his ward. For some yeah. reason. So he's, like, the Dick Grayson of this thing. Mm -hmm. And not unlike Batman, 
Duncan inexplicably tells him everything. Right. <laughs> well, I guess he's kind of seen everything at this point. Yeah. Well, like, Richie kind of does remind me of um, Robin in Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it. Like, he has the leather coat. He's kind of like a bad boy, but Rides he's kind of cool. They're, they're very similar characters. What's the actor's name? Um, Chris O'Donnell. Rob- Chris O'Donnell, yeah. He yeah, has, like, he, he does have a O'Donnell similar attitude. thing going on. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, Richie c- catches this glimpse. He thinks his father was still married to his mother when she died. So he's like, I got to find my father if he's still out there. Uh, so then we get a flashback, um, which is great, to 1622. Also, if you're wondering uh, where we're getting these dates from, because they don't specify the dates in the episodes. Because uh, I'm a nerd, I have the Watcher Chronicles on ah, C- interactive CD-ROM. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and it's got like, it's like basically the show Bible. And the show creators and writers kind of mapped everything out as they were going. Uh, when people died, when the flashbacks were, so that way things wouldn't get kind of crossed around. Um, so that's when this scene takes place, 1622. And uh, I guess the theme of this episode is kind of where you come from. And so Duncan is remembering the first time he died. And so this sets up a new, another rule, I guess, kind of, about immortals. Immortals don't know they're immortal until they die. Right. Like, he's not born with the knowledge that he's immortal or what the rules are, anything like that. And it's explained in the first episode that, like, Connor was his mentor and had to, like, take him under his wing and teach him, like, the way of right. this teach whole game. Right, teach him the rules. Right. Um, so that you, like, you die and then you're frozen in time at that age. At that age. From then on. Correct. Uh, so Duncan, Duncan dies in battle uh, with his father. Or his father doesn't die, but there, he's in battle with his father. Duncan dies, um, and he ends up waking up the next day and everyone thinks it's the work of the devil. Um, and here's my question about this. Uh-huh. So they're both from the clan McLeod. I'm fairly certain in the first episode, Duncan mentions knowledge of Connor being an immortal and like that he was a legend or something. Yeah. They Am said I there was like an old tale. That, right. Yeah. So like, why are they completely unprepared and like, view like is connor also exiled that's what i'm not sure about. connor is exiled as well like they have a pretty similar origin story so i guess okay. maybe that's the idea like this has happened before it was the devil before it's the devil okay. again yeah but they sure. like don't mention it like you'd think if there was precedent for this they would have been like wait a minute oh well connor had this too right yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> now, mm-hmm. uh, so we cut back to the present um before we move okay before before we move on so like i i feel like Adrian Paul made a choice that because he's younger, his voice has to be higher. Oh. Yeah. I think that was a choice he made. But if you're frozen in time and you stop aging from the point at which you die, <laughs> his voice should have the same Yeah, the same, the same quality. quality then as it did now. It shouldn't have actually been higher. Because if your voice keeps getting deeper as you age, even though your body is still the same, like all immortals should have like low gravelly voices. The other thing I wasn't sure about is Adrian Paul doing his Scottish accent. Yeah, he first, he lays on the Scottish accent it's, real thick. It's very prominent. The first time I heard it, I thought he was dubbed over. <laughs> <laughs> so Duncan in the present is telling Richie about the first time he dies, and he's he kind of says, "I I've forgiven my father for like banishing me, like." They were primitive people. They didn't know any better. So, like, Duncan has kind of moved past that part of his life. Because uh, Richie's, like, still really upset. Like, well, why didn't my father 
care for me or any of this stuff. And it's like, well, you could forgive him. Who knows what? It's a cool theme in the episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Richie talks about how he remembers his mother dying, which is he, he just has flashes. It was in a candy store mm-hmm. with Mr. Stubbs or Mr. Tubby. Tubbs. Oh, yeah. Tubby, because he couldn't say his name right. He would always get licorice. Um, and all he remembers is his like his most mo- implausible thing about the episode. What small child wants licorice? <laughs> <laughs> That's especially if it was black licorice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I don't know. Richie remembers this candy store was near the post office where the mother would get a check every week. Mm-hmm. and she dies, and that's kind of all he really remembers. I was um, really confused by this story, by the way. It's an odd, was like, odd story. Is going, I, one quote he said in the story is, he said, I was four going on five. That just was an interesting quote that I wanted to share yep. from that story. <laughs> uh, so Richie is determined to find this candy store because maybe the yep. owner has answers. So he goes on this montage. Oh my god, this montage. To the mon- well, the montage is awesome. The the way they get there is fantastic cuz it's like another one of those things where like internet really changes things. Oh sure. Cuz Duncan has this like shit-eating grin when he figures <laughs> out like check the phone book. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the the plan is that, like the store's closed but they knew it was near a post office. So check the phone book for post offices and ask around. And Duncan looks so pleased with himself. <laughs> then, then when he's searching, it's literally... How long do you think this montage is? A minute? At least. It's a at lot of episodes. At least a minute of him just talking to 40,000 people and pointing. Uh-huh. Talking and pointing, talking and pointing, talking and pointing. So the way this worked was they didn't have a budget to hire a crew of actors that he could actually ask questions to. So Richie, Stan Kirsch, uh, they just took a, a camera guy... And Stan around Vancouver, which also news alert: this this show is shot in <laughs> Vancouver, uh, which is not made clear at all what city this is. Yeah, in the they first never episode, say what I, city they're in, right? No, well, we'll get to that later, maybe. Oh. Uh, but they're always mentioning you can't do that in this town, yeah, in this uh, part of town. Uh, in the first episode, I always just assumed it was New York because yeah. that's where the first movie took place. Right. Connor was there. I figured it was New York. Uh, it's definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> it's Vancouver. Um, so. They take a camera guy and Stan Kirsch. They walk around uh, Vancouver. That's pretty cool. And Stan was asking rando people on the street, where's the nearest McDonald's? <laughs> and they were giving him directions. Um, and then I also this this was interesting. So the song, it's really cheesy. It's the song Deliver Me by Sonia Dada, which was an early 90s band. Um, however, I their album dropped uh, like a week before this episode aired. Wow. So I feel like... Probably behind the scenes, their producers or the record execs were like, use this, use this track in your, your hot yeah. new show. Uh, so there's a little cross-promotion there. Are they on iTunes? Can we download their album? I bet they are. Hit them up. Hit them up, guys. <laughs> yeah, if uh, Sonia Dodd is out there, yeah. we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Richie eventually finds Stubbs, who's like at a, like an old folks' home or something. He's like p- playing chess, but he got directions to find him. Uh they gave him directions to find this guy playing chess and like 
some park or something. Right. right. Um, so we find out that he's now sold the uh, the store or whatever. But he sold it Which two is... months ago. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, was this place really that hard to find if it was yeah. like in business two months ago? Yeah, because the whole pro- the whole reason it was supposed to be hard was because like, oh, it must have been closed long ago. It's like, right. you know what? It probably was still in that phone book. Yeah. But yeah. So. Uh, and now it's a games workshop. That's right. Where the bunch of weirdos hanging around <laughs> playing games. Yeah, which also, like, I guess we don't exactly know what the Highlander target audience is. That's true. But I'm willing to bet there's, like, a solid, like, 20% nerd quotient who they just (laughs) teased. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He talks to to Stubbs, Tubby, and he's like, oh, you're looking for for Jack Ryan. Um, And I don't know. That's I remember you. Licorice, licorice right? Licorice, right. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? How many people came into your store to buy licorice? Maybe maybe zero, and that's why. Oh, that's, yeah, because he's the one kid that liked licorice. Yeah, maybe. We figured all come this together. out. Yeah, that's good. They eventually, he's using this information, he is able to find Jack Ryan. Right. Like, he's living he, in, like, some seedy hotel. Yeah. Oh. So, like, he knocks on the door and pretends he has no idea... Well, some, something something leads him to that apartment building, right? Well, it's it's the information he gets from Tubby, right? Yeah, takes him takes him to there, and the guy like says, "Oh, uh, yeah, this I'll is, tell him. I'll yeah, let this him know." Is, this is Joe from earlier, the the thief who gets his right finger broken. Right. So that's a fair point. We don't actually know whether or not this he's is really Jack, his dad or not. Whether he's yeah. really Jack Ryan or not. Right. But then. This guy, then he gets another visit from wavy-haired... Peter DeLuise? Peter DeLuise. Clinch. Whose, whose, hair, whose hair game is on point. Oh, and he, and he greets him. So he knocks on the door, Joe opens it, and Peter DeLuise just grabs his face yep. and shoves <laughs> him across him the room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he says, listen, I, I, he's threatening him. He says, oh, I, I read a book on anatomy. <laughs> So I know every twist and turn. I know what to pinch. I know what to pull. I know what pops. I'm like, what book of anatomy did you read? Where it's like teaching you every single way to torture someone. So then he's like threatening to break his like finger again. And then he threatens him with this line. He's like, I'm going to cut off your hand and make you eat it with a side of ketchup. Yeah. He's like (laughs) finger by finger with a side of ketchup. But he says this because there's a plate on the ground in the middle of the floor for some reason. Like a dirty he, paper yeah, plate. Yeah, and when he came into the room, that's the first thing I noticed. I was oh, like, it's why really is there prominent. that plate in the middle? There was a table in the room. Like, but um, yeah, Clinch is, Clinch is pretty great. Uh, he was a highlight, I think, of this episode. Yeah, uh, so eventually... I guess after this, he's, he's threatened, like, he doesn't, Joe doesn't know how to get this money that he owes them. So he then tracks down Richie and shows up at the antique shop, and he's like, hey, like, I, I was scared to tell you who I was before, but, like, I'm your dad. Like, and then he starts regaling him with, like, family stories about, like, all his uncles, who are all criminals. Yep. He's like, oh, I remember this guy. He would sell hot dogs at the ballpark. <laughs> and he'd stuff the money and in the hot dog money in the hot dogs. <laughs> and Richie's, like, totally, like, oh, wow, like... My family's great. Like, he's really, like, bought into this. Yep. Um, he's like a little junior grifter. Sure. You know? yeah. He, like, feels some kinship or whatever. Yeah. At this point, I felt like the, the episode did veer off a little track. Like, I really liked the parallel they were drawing with Richie and Duncan kind of looking for their... Yeah, that's compelling. Their, yeah, yeah, it's compa- compelling. Good. But we don't get a lot of... Any more flashbacks for a while in this episode. Yeah. Like, it kind of, I think, veers off and is just kind of Richie-focused. I wish it was a little more... 
integrated. Yeah, like the the one ingredient of that, I really feel like that was missing, because the other flashback we get was what our intro was with mm. him, you know, trying to figure out where he comes from. There's no moment where he they show him making peace with it. He just says, "I make peace. I made peace with it," and you're just like, "Accept it." But yeah. I feel like there was an opportunity there for like. Something could have happened. Duncan decided or, to make peace, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, you reveal something about what led him to that point. And I feel like that was the ingredient that, like, could have tied it together. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, Joe and, or excuse me, well, Joe slash Jack. Yeah. Uh, and Richie start hanging out more. They're getting to know each other. Um, so they end up having, like, a really heartfelt discussion like in an alley or I don't even know where the hell they are. Uh, they're just, like, wandering They're just wandering around. around. Um, and so let's take a listen to this clip. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> it's again, super melodramatic, which the show excels at. Yeah. Um, here we go. But at the time I, th- I thought I was a guy with ambition. I thought I saw a chance. It was sitting up on a shelf like, like one of those little Russian dolls. Hollow. <laughs> you know, those, Richie's and you crying. open it, and then there's another one inside, only there's nothing there. And then you open the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and <laughs> the next one. Next thing you know, you're 53 years old, and you're holding this tiny little doll. And you look at it, and it ain't much, but you think, maybe inside this is a dime. He's wiping Whoa. the tear from Richie's eye. He does, like, a face-off type... Finger waterfall? Yeah. Come on, let me buy you a hot dog, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing washes down and a Russian so doll like hot dogs. In this dogs. clip, after Joe says, let me buy you a hot dog or something, Joe gets, like, choked up, and he wipes tears from his own eyes. Yep. Like, what? He's, like, he's tricked himself into crying? Or, like... He's, that's, that's why he's a good con man. I guess so. He's yeah. really... He used to get he's sell deep the into the con. But do you think he's... Is he is he really like reflecting on himself now that he's in this scenario? Well, that's the, yeah, that's the other thing. Like he did, he. This is clearly a man with a disappointing life. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> which, you know that whole analogy, which I can only imagine the writer who did it was like so pleased with himself when he put that down. Uh, you know, that could if you just like told some kid who's looking up to you that your wife is a failure, that sounds like an emotional moment. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we find out that Duncan really distrusts Jack. He does not, for some reason, it's not really known. He just thinks it's all, I guess, too he, convenient. Yeah, he, he thinks it's too easy. Like, oh, he looks for his dad, and his dad shows up right away. Yeah. Which, also, it's not. That's why we had the whole montage, right? Like we had, Sure. Like, he had to come up with the whole scheme on how to find Stubby, who had to lead him to the, the person, like... I guess it really wasn't all that easy. Yeah, he didn't put like an ad in the paper, like right. "Be my dad." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, like it's almost like you know, in a way, it's like Duncan mistrusts this guy, and it turns out he's right. Not to spoil anything. Spoiler alert! Like, yeah. Uh, so it, I don't know. It's like the character; he's just right. Yeah, Always. there's a lot of that in this show. Like, Duncan has all this wisdom and is just kind of right. And everyone else is, like, wrong all the time. Like, yeah. I think, like, he just has, like, they, they never set it up, I think, good enough. I think it's just, like, Duncan is wise and old, so he knows better. 
Well, I do think there is something potentially compelling about that if they sell it properly. That, like, 400 years of horse sense actually mm. counts for a lot. Yeah. But it does leave certain things feeling unearned. Like, they're just able to reach into Duncan's brain to get answers. Just, like, his instincts are correct, and that's that. Yeah. Um, so, at this point, since Duncan distrusts Joe, he breaks into his apartment. Mm -hmm. uh, which is really, like, as for Duncan to be, like, a pretty stand-up guy and always trying to do the right thing like he broke into a dude's apartment like, hey, maybe and then uh... waits there for him like uh it's very threatening so joe and richie show up and duncan's just there and he's just yep. like oh let... i'm here he says i hope you don't mind i let myself in yeah which is nuts which is a felony <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and then he's a huge dick to joe like he does not give joe the benefit of the doubt at all. Like he, no. he sits on a chair backwards. Like he straddles the chair and he's like, yeah, I want to hear some of those stories. Like what bullshit have you spun? Um, and Richie's obviously pretty put off by this. Yeah. Well, he should be. Cause like he's, he's just kind of being a dick. Like yeah. he's got a legitimate chance here to kind of expose this. Mm -hmm. And I think like a few well-placed questions, he might've been able to just blow up the story and the episode's over. Sure. You know, but instead he's just like passive aggressive. To him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not like thing. being direct at all. He's yeah. basically threatening the dad. Yeah, like our Joe. Yeah, and speaking of threatening, so the next couple scenes. So Joe ends up wanting to stay at the antique shop because mm -hmm. he's getting kicked out of his apartment. But of course, really, it's a ruse because he wants to lift antiques from the place. Sure. Right. Well, when does Duncan first meet? clinch does that happen when he's waiting for joe that's yeah. right we kind of missed that yeah. so yeah clinch. when he's waiting in the apartment for joe clinch shows up yep. and they have super weird dialogue because clinch is all like uh he's like oh who are you and he's like i'm uh i'm uh his uh financial advisor yeah it's so ridiculous <laughs> Which, doesn't he also just like go straight for a kick to try to kick the guy or is that late oh that's what later when he visits yeah i'm skipping ahead <laughs> but yeah um, that entire scene is <laughs> crazy so in so Joe wants to stay at the antique shop. Tess has got to ask Duncan, of course, for permission. Uh, and then Duncan is still trying to find out more about Joe. So he tracks down Clinch at this, like, seedy bar. Um, and then there's, like, a crazy karate scene. Because yep. everyone knows Clinch is, again, yep. a karate guy. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and, like, there's no setup for, like, why they're going to fight. Like, the goon just goes straight to try to kick him. Yeah, yeah. and then... It, the one guy goes for his gun and Duncan's like, you go for your gun. I'll make you eat it. And it's like, right. Duncan is about Duncan. The, like the stand up moral guy who has broken into some poor schlub's apartment. Yep. As far as he knows is now going to put a gun in someone's mouth. <laughs> I'm like, was that supposed to be like a callback to when Clinch said he'd make Joe eat his fingers? Or, I don't like, know. Cause he wasn't there. So that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think he's being literal. I guess not. But in my head, I think this guy's going to some real extremes. Like, Duncan is off the deep end at this point. Also in this <laughs> he's scene... Gone, he's gone rogue. He does, like, <laughs> a, a flip or something. And somebody asks him, where did you learn that? And he says, <laughs> right. from the people who invented it. <laughs> so, I'm like, can you be less specific? Like... <laughs> is if like you as the audience didn't know you're talking about a 400 year old man i would just assume he was being super racist yeah <laughs> like he was just saying like yeah i just learned it from some asian <laughs> like yeah not cool duncan 
So Duncan and Tess end up having like a fight, an argument about like letting Joe stay there. And she's like, well, for a 400, like she thinks Duncan's being really, really stubborn about this whole thing. And again, because Duncan is not really basing it on anything. It's just right. him being like, I just have a feeling. Uh, so she's like, oh, for a 400 year old, you're really like stubborn. Um, so they end up letting Joe stay overnight. And of course, Joe ends up stealing like this bizarrely ugly mask like yeah it, it is like a mask like a that mask. they put under like a roller like it's yeah. like a he, it looks like krang from like <laughs> yeah, yeah it like just this like weird put like aztec <laughs> putty face guy um so he yep. steals this mask that's worth i forget does richie say what it's worth it's worth like more than anything in the whole shop mm-hmm. um, like, i think they imply later that it's worth six times what he owes right yeah or five times what he owes so, so it's, it's a lot like, of money 250 to $300,000. There we go. So then we, we get another flashback and we find out who Duncan is. Like when Duncan does discover. I guess that's maybe part of the theme. It's like, be careful what you are looking for. Mm-hmm. They have that conversation earlier at dinner. It's like, well, what do you expect to find? Like, maybe you're not going to like it. And so Duncan wants to know where he comes from and he ends up finding out. And it's obviously not great. I don't know if we want to listen to it or just talk about we already played the best part yeah the best part yeah. is where do i come from uh yep. so he ends up see, find, seeing his father on the, the road like years later this is back in 1622 and it turns out that duncan is uh like a foundling his father's wife had a stillborn child and the like chambermaid took out that child and brought in this foundling but she thought it was like marked with the devil like she, she was frightened of it so his father banished the chambermaid from the, the like the village and because he was like, I, I saw something in you, like you were my heir and he kept him around. So the whole thing is like, you're not even really my son. And it's like super emotional. Uh, so Duncan doesn't really even know where he came from. Hmm. So from this scene, I was one of the things I was kind of wondering, because now we don't really know that don't this is maybe taking this too far. But at this point, we don't even know Dun- whether or not Duncan's been born. Right. Because at this point, we've got two immortals. Duncan here, you don't know where he was born, and the chambermaid even says, like, he's like a changeling, which is, like, I'm pretty sure in myths that's, like, fairies, like, steal children and swap them out with, right like, these spirits. So, like, is there supposed to be this implication here that maybe immortals aren't actually born, like, they come from elsewhere? Absolutely, there's this implication. So in the movie, mm. that Connor has the same backstory. He's also a foundling. Huh. And as we get further into the series, and we won't talk about some other characters yet, but they're not the only ones. So it's 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 not mentioned a lot, but that's I think part of the Highlander mythology is that these immortals are not bo- they're like somehow placed here by something or hmm. whatever. Like it's it's again it's magic or something. Is, like is, it, does, it, a, is it a kind of magic? Ha ha. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it also kind of is not that important. It's just kind of a fun. Thing. but yeah sure. somehow they they appear yeah so maybe all immortals are are foundlings or orphans or something so uh richie goes out looking uh for joe i'd um, like to point this out um when richie goes out looking for joe tessa and uh duncan are like talking about it and duncan's like oh maybe i'll go help richie and tessa's like can't that wait till morning let's have sex now <laughs> <laughs> So Duncan's like, okay. So he lets Richie like look for his dad all night. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting yeah. priority. I guess. I guess they needed something for Tessa to do. They they needed a little something for the ladies. 
Yeah. Sure. Also, I even though I've watched this a bunch of times, I keep. Am I calling her Tess or Tessa? Is it, what is it? I have Tessa. It's Tessa. Tessa. I guess right? sometimes shortened to Tess. Or they call yeah. her Tess sometimes. So Joe decides he's just going to bail uh, with the mask and just head to the airport and make money somewhere. He's just going to find a new place. But I guess we do find out that Joe has like a conscience. Yeah. Which I guess is hinted at earlier. Maybe that crying was real. Uh, and he ends up saving Richie, who's like captured by, what's his name? Clinch? Clinch, Clinch yeah. yeah. Because I guess Clinch thinks Richie and Joe are like in cahoots together. Yeah, uh, Joe earlier says that Richie, he tells Clinch that Richie has the money to give to Gustafson. Right, that's where he's going to get it from. Yeah, yeah. So then Clinch finds Richie and brings him back to the casino to try to get info or money out of him. Right, which we haven't even talked about the woman who runs this casino, right? And her (laughs) goofy, like, back and forth with Clinch. Like, Gustafson's her name, I think. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And it's, it just seems like it's her and Clinch and then some random goons. Like, so this operation's kind of weird. It's a, it's a minimal operation. Yeah. Yeah, and her outfits are very late 80s. Yeah, lots of gold. She has, like, big poofy hair. Yeah, a lot, right? big perm, big big padded shoulders, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so anyway, they end up capturing, I guess, Joe, too. But then Duncan just shows up and saves the day because yep. he's Duncan uh, and just kicks everybody's ass. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it. Uh, well, this episode feels like it ends very fast. It does. There's like that climax, and then Richie has a, an, a uh, discovers where those checks are from. I forget how. Right. He goes back and talks to Stubbs, Which, who's like, "Oh, those checks I was cashing for you were like from the Foster Agency or something like right. that, right?" So it's like if Richie just asked one more question, <laughs> this episode wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. Which then they also reveal that. So you still don't know whether or not Joe is Jack Ryan. Right. No, we don't right. know if that's really his dad or not. But the answer is irrelevant because it's not his real dad, regardless. Right. Because he was a foster child. But then. Is it just a coincidence that he is also named Ryan and he happened to be placed with Ryan's? Like, I, I don't know much about Or is that Foster. why he was named Ryan? Yeah. Like, did he have no name? Maybe. It's like, I was just not aware it was a convention that, like, when you're placed with a foster family, <laughs> you take their name. I think right. you probably do. Right? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I assume like, what was the name on his birth certificate? If, if you know if they had a birth certificate. in internet land, write in. Yep, tell us how this works. If any... Yeah. Are you, if you are orphans, <laughs> if you're an orphan, this oh, is getting so sensitive. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Richie doesn't know where he's from, and that's kind of like the theme. It's like you can decide who you are. Uh, and the ending of this episode is really, I thought, comical. I wrote down. So Richie is in McLeod's T-Bird, which is mm-hmm. which ends up becoming kind of an iconic car. I sure. think in this show, like McLeod drives this vintage T-Bird, and it's awesome. So Richie's, like, revving it up, and, like, Duncan's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, that's too much, and he tunes it back down. Uh, so then Richie is just, it's he's playing grown-up. Like, he is pretending to drive this car in a garage. <laughs> he giggles <laughs> as he's, like, turning the wheel, and then just the credits roll. Wow. Um, There's one line I wanted to bring up just so nobody misses it. Um, when Duncan leaves from being mean to Richie and Joe the first time, 
Ritzy runs after him and says, you treated my dad like he was rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, not like you treated him like a rat. You treated him like he was rat poison. <laughs> you treated him like he was very useful for a specific purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, do you need to poison some rats? Yeah. Yes, I'm very gentle with go. rat poison. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Awesome. So uh, any final thoughts on this episode? I know I have one big one. I'll go last. Uh, it was it was kind of wacky and weird. Um, I mean, it, it, it steps away from all the immortal stuff except for the Duncan flashback yeah. stuff, and, and that's kind of not really what I watch Highlander for. I dug this episode mostly because of the the connection with with Duncan and seeing like that the whole where do I come from origin story and them both struggling with it. I think that's that's pretty strong. Uh, all things considered. And it was just kind of fun. Like, so much of this stuff is just, like, wacky. And, like, Quinch sure. is just such a... Like, keeps the train rolling of, like, yeah. these over-the-top, <laughs> yeah. like, completely insane villains. Yep. That, like, I don't know. It put a smile on my face a couple times. I think that the Duncan origin stuff is great. I'd say this is a pretty okay episode, even if most of what happens in the present doesn't really advance the ball. Yeah, uh, it's an odd second episode. I sometimes think, I wonder if they were, like, really trying to be, like, this show's not just about immortals fighting each other. Like, it's also about these characters. And, like, if they wanted to really make a departure for the second episode. um, And, again, I'm not sure if this was ever intended to be the second episode. The production number says it's, like, should be the fourth one. Hmm. Um, So if anyone out there knows what this was intended to be uh maybe it was supposed to air a little later but they decided to air it earlier um it's not my favorite episode by far <laughs> uh but i do like all the duncan stuff is really i think pretty great the stuff with richie is a little like just kind of falls flat um however the big thing i wanted to like blow the lid off of this i have a theory about this episode oh. so richie says richie ryan says that he always imagined that his dad was like maybe a secret agent or something. His dad's name was Jack Ryan. Tom Clancy's uh, Jack Ryan. So two things. Either is this a like a nod to like, oh, like a little just a little joke by the writers. Or my theory is Richie doesn't have a dad because his dad is Jack Ryan. These worlds are connected. That would be amazing. It's clear and present danger. It's Hunt for Red October and Highlander. All together. That's and so good. Richie's dad is actually Jack Ryan from the Tom Clancy books. Yeah. Um, suggest that that's untrue. Okay. <laughs> I will I immediately think... admit probably not. I think it's probably. true. I think Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, <laughs> and Richie should get together and make a movie. There you go. So, yeah, um, I don't know if there's any sort of behind-the-scenes sort of stuff um oh uh the the watcher chronicles this is a weird thing they specify how duncan dies in 1622 and the mcclouds were having a feud with their the neighboring clan the campbells the campbells stole a bunch of cows during the uh, mcleod fall festival so the mcclouds like go to battle with them so duncan dies because they're fighting over like cows and i guess that's important for a yeah. small village of people sure. to lose their cows. But it, it doesn't seem, it, it seems so like not grandiose. It's like, oh, that's why he died? Like, 
there was a scuffle at the fall fest <laughs> like it's not like a braveheart type situation yeah or anything all right so that wraps up this episode of highlander rewatched family tree um thanks a lot for listening uh make sure to follow us on facebook and get involved if you have any questions or comments or things you want to point out uh leave us a message on facebook or um on twitter uh, we're at highlander rewatched you can also send us an email which is probably the best way to uh contribute your comments and that's highlander rewatched at gmail.com uh you can rate us on itunes and uh tell your friends about us uh this is a great way to get into this great series um yeah so uh you can follow me at dr hot dog md on twitter if you're interested in food pictures and stuff that's mostly what i do eamon is yeah. a great artist What's your deal, Eamon? You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Eamon B. Doc, and uh, I do comics and cartoons you can check out on there. Awesome. Does that include cool Highlander stuff? It does and will. Awesome. Uh, Everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, Join us next week for the third episode of Highlander Rewatch. Thanks. Bye.